0: in our riders agreement is our club contribution clause so we have a um requirement for our riders to volunteer for their club that they hold a license with you know once a season um and that could be you know contributing to a, a social event or helping put on a race or you know hold a a stop sign at a race or rego desk duties or something like that just once a season so that You know, we're not just taking away from the clubs, we want to make sure everybody on our team is is contributing back to their club as well.
1: G'day listeners, welcome to the Amateur Hour pod. Today's chat is with Dome Coffee cycling boss and all-round nice bloke, Toby Brown. The chat continues a series where I'm focusing on clubs and teams here in Perth and how they've influenced the racing scene and cycling community in our great city. I have to admit, I didn't know much about Dome Racing when I first got in contact with Toby. First up, they're a team and not a club. And this team's influence on the local racing scene has been significant. Not least for their success, but for its longevity. They started as a small shop team ten years ago, a team of four. Manager Toby has slowly built a highly respected and competitive roster who now also lead the way with women's teams. And their success isn't just limited to Perth, they've also taken on challenges overseas in Asia, as you'll hear. Dome Coffee is sponsored by the franchise Dome Coffee also. So we're gonna hear what it takes to manage a team, what goes on behind the scenes, and what's involved with maintaining that sponsorship. There's been a lot of growth in cycling, and Dome Coffee being associated with cyclists has gotta be good for your brand. So we're going to hear what Toby has to say about how that's come about with the hard work behind the scenes. I hope you enjoy the chat. I certainly did. Sit back and enjoy it, guys. Cheers. It all started with coffee.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... Really, the start of the Dome Coffee Cycling Team was um, a chat between Matt Upton uh, and myself, uh, probably after a, um, South Perth Cycling Club launching, um, and there was an opportunity um, to put together a team. Matt had some ideas, so we sat down and, and had a coffee and a discussion about what a, what a cycling team could look like, something that was a bit different to uh, what actually was available or around at Perth at the time and um, yeah that was that was how we started a, a coffee cycling team over a coffee yeah don't literally at one of the tables outside the cafe there
1: yeah um, yeah
0: that was the beginning
1: your um, arrival from South Australia yeah it was a little while before that
0: it was yeah. I, mean, yeah I came over here for one year yep nearly 20 years ago yep um, and just yeah, I, I came over here because I wanted to just be somewhere for a year after I'd finished university that was a bit different um, to Adelaide. And this was somewhere that I hadn't been before. So I wanted a completely novel experience. So came over to Perth um, and that is actually how I got involved with DONE because I, All right. I had a really good, I, I studied journalism at university um, and then I had a really great job in a cafe in Adelaide. Um, mm-hmm. The cafe's still there. It's called Cafe Bravo on the parade in Norway. It's a great spot. you are over there for two or down under and that sort of stuff. Um, came over here and got a job in a cafe in Northbridge, which isn't there anymore. It was called the Greek Taverna yeah. and hated it. Oh, it yeah. was just the worst job that I've ever had. And i have like, I've left something really good in yeah. Adelaide and I've come over here and this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and across the road from that, place was um Dome Northbridge yep so I just walked in there one day and um got a job and here we are now probably 20 years later and I'm still at Dome (laughs) so yeah that was how it started really for me coming over here
1: Um, yeah so you are a franchisee owner correct Yeah. So here at St George's Terrace in the city
0: yep so Dome Australia Plaza is is mine we've had it for uh 10 years so we built it yep Um and we opened in November 2011. So we are right on the button of ten years now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Which feels like feels like five minutes and a hundred years sometimes at the same time. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It's been good though. I mean the last couple of years have obviously been a challenge in Mm. the city with the um the pandemic. But Mm -hmm. um I think one thing that's good about our business is it shows, you know, the the brand is really robust.
1: Yeah. Um people still come to us we've got still got majority of our regulars still coming in and um you know it's
0: i'm glad that it was a you know it's a dome cafe because i think the strength in that brand is has enabled us to survive some really challenging trading conditions probably better than we would have if we were you know an independent so,
1: yep. yeah so
0: yeah no, yeah loving it no yeah
1: that's great to hear you roll the dice and you see where you go from there that's right yep
0: yeah it's been an interesting ride
1: so with cycling um did you bring a bike over did you buy a bike here and how did you get involved with the south perth bunchies
0: (laughs) um i i did bring a bike over i wasn't riding a lot at the time i kind of stepped off i raced a lot as a junior so my dad got me into cycling when i was 13. Um, he took me, he was a cyclist and he was competing at the Masters Games, which were in Alice Springs one year when I was 13. So we went on a like family kind of trip up to Alice Springs and, um, you know, watched him do his racing and, and that kind of stuff. And that's that was the start for me. So as soon as we got back home, I grew up in Wyala in South Australia. And um, I was lucky in the sense that Wyala has a, a banked outdoor velodrome. Yeah so and dad was involved in the cycling club and went on to be the president of the cycling club and all that sort of stuff yep. um and so you know having a velodrome in a country town is awesome because you can just you know wow it's a great environment to learn how to ride bikes and race bikes so yeah from that trip it was on the track when i was 13 and um you know rode all the way through my sort of junior years right up until year 12. uh and then year 12 i, I stopped I mostly stopped riding because I needed to focus on studies because I was really keen to get to university. Um, Mm. So then left Waila, went to Adelaide for university Mm. and um, did bring a bike over but didn't really use it. And I think one of the first times I used it, I I rolled down a hill in Inglewood and went underneath a car.
1: So, oh, mate.
0: yeah, I mean, it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't yeah. a disaster of a story, but I um, yeah. did have a car park on top of me for a while. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that was the end of cycling for a little while. It took a while to get back onto it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But then getting involved with the South Perth Club was, uh, you know, a few more years went by and I probably got a little bit less healthy. Um, yeah. I'd gone back to university and I was doing a master's degree. So I did a master's in business whilst working full time. Um, and also owning a, a coffee shop on the weekend, So it was basically seven days a week for a while, for about, you know, two years. Busy period? Busy period, not focused on health. Yep. Um, and eventually sort of as things calmed down, I was like, right, I need to, you know, start looking after myself again. So yep. got my Eddie Merckx track bike out of the storeroom, yeah. it on the rollers, yeah, and yeah. just started turning it over again. Yep. And at that point I was living in South Perth. yeah. And so it was, you know, a web search away to to find a cycling club and got involved with the club um yeah well yeah 10 more probably 15 years ago yep and uh you know still a member today yeah and they're they're a brilliant club you know like south Perth cycling club is is um you know a big part of why i'm in the sport and Mm. i'm lucky enough that we fostered a relationship with them with the business so um in the early days we sponsored the cycling club yep i actually sponsored the cycling club through the cafe before the cafe had even opened, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting because we had, you know, 100 club members or whatever riding around with Dome Australia Plaza logo mm-hmm. on the jersey mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the cafe hadn't even opened. So
1: I'm well, getting all these built. questions about, you know, yeah. what's going on with this cafe? Where is it? Are yeah. you sponsoring us? Yeah.
0: Um, but it worked well because the first Saturday that we opened, um, this whole BHP thing was still under hoarding. That wasn't open. Yep. It was about like then. Yep. barricaded thoroughfare. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So there's photos around. You can see we had that first Saturday we had the whole club rock up and, you know, there's a hundred bikes in the, in the wow. plaza there. And, wow. uh, and it's basically been like that every Saturday since now for, for 10 years. So uh, it's been a good relationship, I think. Um club has um, given me a lot and it's kind of, um, yeah. it's been a real privilege basically for 10 years to be the, the club's club room. Yeah. You know, Yep. they treat the place like, like the club room on, on a Saturday morning for a couple of hours and couldn't make me happier. You know, you see them rock in and they know most of the staff. The staff know a lot of the cyclists yep. and yep. tables start getting dragged around and, yep. you know, they just make themselves at home. I think they know that, you know, after 10 years, you know, that they can sort of, they're, they're very at home in the cafe, which is, you know, it's kind of the whole point. Right?
1: It is. And so if that relationship's lasted that length of time, then... Yeah. People have um, treated it with respect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see some of those photos as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so, so great. You've, yeah, you've met a few people in that time. And then, yeah, we go back to having a coffee with Matt yeah. who has gone and created his own cycling team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's go from that, from that chat. Point, yeah. yeah. So Matt was, had done a lot of racing with Eddie Hollands. Um, over in Asia
0: and everywhere else, um, and uh, they had a bit of a, a quiet patch. So, you know, Matt was, you know, looking for other opportunities to do things. Um, obviously, was aware of the, the business and my involvement involvement with cycling and my other um, um, business's involvement with cycling. So, yeah, the genesis was just a chat with him, and, we you know, I was keen as mustard to start. Basically, at that point, it was just a shop team. So it wasn't um, the, the corporate side of the dome business wasn't involved, it was just my cafe. Um, and we sort of said like, you know, how can we do this? Like, what do we want to do? And I guess the contrast was at that point in time. So going back to 2011, 2012, you're at sort of peak of mining boom. There's lots of money around. Uh, there's some sponsors throwing some big money at our cycling teams, but um, you know, just through observation, you can see that what often happens with cycling teams is somebody will have the drive and the passion to get one started and they'll go and approach sponsors. They'll have some really strong riders. They'll get a lot of money on board and that can create a a really pressurized environment. And sometimes what ends up happening is riders get burnt out. Um, Sponsors get um, maybe disappointed in not achieving whatever ROI was sort of promised to them. Uh, and so these teams with big budgets, sometimes, you know, they come and then they might do quite well for a little while, but they don't
1: stick around too long. Sometimes they fade away after a season or two or three seasons. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that's what I didn't want to do. You know, I didn't want to be involved with a, a flash in the pan sort of operation. So um, Matt and I agreed that the way to go was to, um, you know, start small, be humble, be humble, Start off with the shop team and we had four riders basically in the beginning um so there was myself uh, matt upton a guy called johnny bolton jonathan bolton um and dave hind was one of our original guys as well i can still remember when we recruited dave hind because he wrote. Mm. um i rode with him a little bit uh on the srg team uh yeah. doing the perth crits so yeah. there was like a perth crit series that were going on yeah Dave won a stage on the Leaderville circuit, like in a breakaway. So it was pretty obvious. He was a phenomenal athlete and a super interesting guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was with Matt Upton one day in in Northbridge and literally saw Dave at a cafe in Northbridge and just basically hit him up on the spot. And he's been involved ever since. So so that worked out pretty well. Um, And so that was that was the original four and um, wasn't long, and we added a, a couple more guys, but it stayed quite small um, for you know probably the first two or three seasons. Um, and then, um, yeah, it sort of started growing a little bit after that. Um, I think um, one of the reasons why it did get bigger was um, uh, we went through a, a period where Matt actually decided he wanted to move on and start doing some bigger things and um, racing a bit more. Like, not aggressively, but having a bit more of a racing focus with some of the masters team. So he got sort of involved with um, arbitrage guys, um, and they were going really well for a while. And you know, Matt won an absolute ton of races there for a while. It was a really good move for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, an outcome of that was the fact that you know the team sort of it needed to grow to survive. It needed sort of a critical mass after that point. Yep. So there was definitely more of a focus after that point to start adding some some more riders um, yep. and the focus was on adding riders who just rode like i wasn't really focused in those days about like trying to be the best team and it was more about just getting people on board who were passionate about the sport so one of the early um signings if you like was uh like a great example was andrew Ballum. so andrew Ballum's at masters know aged athlete um but you know that guy's just he lives for it like he he loves cycling he's you know he's a committee member on the spr um club and and his partner amanda is obviously now very like he's very involved in the team as well yeah which we'll get to later i think when we start talking about women because he's a big part of that yeah um but you know those those early day signing, so you know, Andrew Ballum, Jason Cawthorn, those guys, they're just, you know, they're still involved. They're still on the team and we're, you know, eight, nine years down the track from that point now, um, which I think again is, you know, that's just a really good sign of, we might've got it right. Don't know, you know, like I was saying to you before, like the objective of the team is is not to go out there and win every race that we can. It's it's about, um, you know, providing a structure that, that supports, people we support each other we mm. have fun but we yeah we don't create this pressurized you know environment
1: okay so the question that i've been burning to ask mm. which there your answer lies in is why did you guys start so humble you and matt originally in that team of four having not already had a bad experience so the two of you have started off this team this shop mm. shop team and you've planned a humble start, but it hasn't been based on, oh, you've already burnt out or so Mm -hmm. you just said there, it was a structure for people. Mm -hmm. So is that, was your way of thinking that we want to have that people focus, um, from the beginning Mm -hmm. and not pressurize the people that we have and then put ourselves in too deep. So you hadn't been burnt, but you still went with this focus. Mm -hmm. Um, was it the people factor?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, it's a cycling is a small community, right? And the reality is that, you know, you don't have uh, an infinite pool of people to draw from in the sport. Um, and it was really obvious to me in the beginning that what we didn't want to do is create an environment where we were promising people the world, um, you know, throwing sponsorship money around on, know bikes and kit and and all that kind of stuff because when you start doing that you you sort of create an environment where people have to perform yep and that creates pressure yep so we wanted to strike a balance between still being a a a racing team that was focused on doing as well as we possibly could but also allowing people you know when they needed to step off and have time away from the sport which happens to us because none of us are professional athletes right yep Like, how many people actually get paid to ride bikes in WA?
1: Yeah, Not a lot. yeah, yeah.
0: So understanding that, you understand that, you know, what you're doing is you're creating a team for people that have lives outside of the sport and have demands outside of the sport. So when somebody needs to, you know, take time off to build a house or have a baby or, you know, change jobs, you know, you've got to allow them the flexibility to do that. And if that means disappearing from the team, for six months, yep. or you know, a season, yep. But then understanding that you know we're still there for that wasn't point. the end for them, yeah, yeah. You know, and they don't get kicked off just because they can't, you know, yep. hit a start line after you know, yep. a couple of months. So yep. that was the balance that we tried to tried to sort of create right in the beginning. Is is how do we you know set up a team which can stand the test of time? Like it's the it's the infinite game theory, right? Mm. So we're not here just to mm. score points. We're mm. here to here to be around for as long as we can. Mm. So. You know 10 years in now a bunch of the original guys still involved mm. um you know matt's not matt's doing his own thing but matt and i are still great friends mm-hmm. we're not really well and we support mm-hmm. each other at races mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah i think to that end you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's been a, a success
1: you can say that
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah I, I hope so you yeah. can own
1: it yeah the First couple of years, the small start, the team of four, and then Matt went off to arbitrage, and then we you you identified that we need to, to grow here um, and be more competitive. Um, talk a little bit about how that went and some of the successes that came the way of the of the teams.
0: Yeah, well, we were lucky that we had, you know, still in those early days, we did have a couple of great, you know, riders with us. Um, so we had you know jonathan bolton was around for a while he was uh, you know a really strong a-grade rider um had a guy called andrew williams and ex-sas boy on the team and you know he was really strong and, and sort of led the charge with us um had a bloke called luke pledger join us down at tura river one year and sort of lead the team down there which is a really great experience because he's a phenomenal bike rider um Luke Ellis was on the team for ages, and he was probably the source of a lot of our results early on because he's just one of those guys that, um, you know, was just so consistent in his training and in his racing and was just, like, you know, really dedicated. Yeah,
1: they're the the good ones, aren't Mm -hmm. they?
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, we had guys like um, in that sort of era, Paul Backer and Tom Perry involved as well. Um, I know, like, just for everybody listening, I'm going to miss people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so if I miss you, a former, you know, dome yep. writer and a dome alumni. Yeah. Uh, don't take it personally. I'm just yep. getting old, and my memory's yep. not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Um, but time's a killer. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh, look. So you know, during that period, um, uh, you know, we had lots of good, you know, local results, heaps of podiums, um, yep. Some wins here and there, but um, mm. I think the team and the the results sort of thing, style side of thing, probably. Um, yeah, it probably kicked off when the women sort of got involved, um, around that year, nice. which is about four or five
1: years ago. Yeah.
0: One of the things that Matt did do early yep. on was introduced me to, um, how, how fun it is to go and race in Asia. So we took a team that, that very early team, yeah. um, over to the Tour of East Java yep. in 2014. Yep. Um, and only one of us finished that tour because it was you know basically consisted of racing up volcanoes in the indonesian heat yeah yeah um so johnny bolton finished it um
1: one out of how many finished i think
0: four we took over yeah yeah we had a guy just shout out to a guy called travis keen yeah if he's listening trav came over as a manager for us um for that on that tour and he's or he's actually he doesn't ride on the team but he's always been just on the Sort of periphery, and he yep. steps in and helps where he can. He's been a great support over the years. But um, yeah, you know, Tour of East Java, and we've also gone, and then after that, did um, Tour of Bintan. Before that, turned into the Grand Fondo series, so it was a stage yeah. race. Yeah, we did that. Um, took a bunch of guys over for that. Uh, Jerry Gossain came, and Ellis Luke Ellis was over there. Yep, Paul Backer um, did Bintan as a team. I think probably four times, four successive years. I think we went and did that. So, you know, that we won that one year with um, Anderson won Anderson. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also Amanda's won it for the women as well. American yeah, right. Army. So yeah. we've had some really good success over there. It's been, yeah. been a lot of fun.
1: So that added a whole new dimension to your team from mm. 2014 onwards. Mm.
0: Yeah. For sure. Not yeah. just
1: doing it in your own backyard, but yeah. doing it overseas and in different races. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: yeah, what it does when you've got those, you know, big events on the the horizon is it gives everybody something to aim at big hooks know. yeah yeah. so you've got to focus for the team which sort of you know means that you can start getting motivated around training for something and training together and you know putting together some plans um you know and racing overseas has been great it's definitely been fun and like we miss it you know not, yeah not having that available now is yeah you know, it's a it's a big piece yeah piece of the puzzle that we're missing yeah sure.
1: cool cool so when you started off, it was just you sponsoring. Mm-hmm. How far down the path did it become the franchise sponsoring?
0: Yeah, probably a year. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't based on us going out there and achieving results. Um, it was just based on the fact that what we, I think what we established with with working, having the team and also working with the South Perth Cycling Club was we established that, you know, cyclists are actually really good customers. Um,
1: yeah. You
0: know, so I went to um, the CEO of Dome um, and the CFO. So Nigel Loki's the CEO and Troy Blizzard's the CFO. Yep. Those guys are both uh, have an interest in cycling. Troy is like, he's mad for it, um, which is great. It's nice if the CFO of a company is interested in the sport that you love as well, that helps. Yep. But the pitch, um, you know, the pitch to Nigel was like, at that time sort of 2011 they they just so we were one of the first cafes to start with the, the new coffee platform so they they reinvigorated a relaunch it. Year. yeah so reinvigorated the whole coffee platform with um you know new product new equipment um which was a big investment from the brand because it was a, a brand-wide investment so every cafe got upgraded you know at the same time yeah um and so you know, what we had with the cycling team was a, a an opportunity to kind of communicate that dome cafes were cyclist friendly. Um, and part of that was telling the story about, you know, the new coffee platform, but also just that cyclists were welcome. Um, and so our cafe sort of certainly led that charge and the cycling team led that charge. So we start talking, you know, about you know, when we're out and about, we're stopping at different dome cafes and that kind of stuff. Um, just this morning, I've been up at Dome Calamunda, so yep. that, that trend continues.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and, uh, you know, it wasn't, the, the pitch was never, you know, give us money, we'll go get results. And you, you can measure this on some kind of, you know, spreadsheet with an ROI yep. or anything like that. The, yep. the pitch was, you know, support us to start or, Grow a cycling team, and we will communicate to the Perth cycling community that Dome Cafe. What's happening here? Yeah, yeah. And so, like I was, I was saying to you the other day, it's. I think now it's hard to think, but ten years ago it wasn't the case. But now I think if you go to pretty much any cafe on a weekend morning, any Dome Cafe, you're going to see cyclists, Um, and that's a, a testament, I think, to
1: you know how the how the team is. Discharge themselves over the years. Like yep.
0: They've been really, you know, again, it's not about being out there racing. It's just about being out there and being good people. And, you know, the cycling community sees the Dome as supporting cycling. And I think that support is just returned in space by, you know, they cyclists just make Domes their club rooms, even if it's for, you know, a 20-minute coffee on a Saturday morning or like what we have here when we have an entire club arrive for you know,
1: yep. a couple of in hours. An hour. yep. <laughs> yeah, yep, Yeah.
0: Um so I think we've ticked that box and you know, the, I guess the real measure of success for me there is that the yeah the guys at Dome you know just have never wanted or needed to be involved they've just seen what we're doing they're happy to support it they've continued to support it for you know 9 years now um and I think it's just a uh, you know so, I mean cycling and coffee like yeah like it doesn't get more obvious right yeah, so, yeah it's good
1: yeah um can you give any examples of how they how they are getting a, re- a return on their involvement um or can you communicate how they are involved in in some way
0: well I think you know every marketing initiative starts and ends in the cafe yeah right yeah so it doesn't matter what it doesn't have to be a cafe that's that's how marketing works like yep. your true return is is what what's happening on the
1: yep yeah
0: so for us, you know, the measure is, um, the, the measure is going to a cafe on a Saturday morning, yep. you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, pretty much any dome you're gonna see a cyclist, yep. if you not 10 or 20. Yep. Um, and that we've, the, the involvement in cycling has been, um, it's been broader, it's been deeper um, other than just sponsoring the team. So they've been involved at a brand level with the, the crit series. So we sponsored like the little creatures um, series, yeah. Um, so when the the Perth Crit Series is running, um, they do like a little creatures event where you get all these kids, um, you know, come out in their bikes and dome supplies, you know, number plates for the bikes and medals yep. for the kids yep. and colouring in pencils and like give them whole little activity packs and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, that's th- those sort of things where you see them involved is, um, you know, it's great because it's that's the kind of more community part of the sport, which yep. is, you know, I mean, that's what Dome, what Dome is all about, you know, at a, at a business level is, is basically community. So it's about, you know, our cafes provide a, a, a place meeting place and comfort, right? That's our whole thing. So, you know, when we extend out into these community activities, it's just an extension of that. It's yep. just providing people, you know, opportunities to, to be involved with us.
1: It's funny, the DNA of Dome Coffee, the franchise, and then... Um, your cycling team is, yeah, making people feel welcome.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's about, um, yeah, well, if not welcome, comfortable. You know? Comfortable.
1: I mean, yeah. look at the decor of a dome, yeah. any dome cafe. Yeah. It's, yeah, reclining seats and yeah. that wooden feel and an open room. Yeah. Um, yeah, not cornered off. So there's always that open, yeah, come in make yeah. yourself comfortable so your cycling team from the start was all right let's make people feel comfortable and not pressurized um to achieve results too early um so there's definitely yeah parity there yeah yeah
0: sure i mean i hadn't really thought about it that way but you probably i mean what it what it probably represents is that um you know like uh, like being the guy that started the team i'm involved with a with a business that you know is. Open to everybody, is welcoming to everybody. So I think that probably reflects, you know, the way I approach yep. business and life and things like that in general. So yeah, yeah, there's definitely parity there for sure. So, yeah, yeah. And Dome is the team itself is it's not about ego. I hate ego. I've you know I've turned down people that have wanted to ride to us with us before. Yep. Just because they've been the wrong sort of person. You know? Yeah. So when we when we are, allow people to join us, it's it's mostly based on um you know a sense of team fit that we get from them yeah are they going to like uphold the ethos of the the team um you know yeah it's it's a broad church we have a a big group of people involved and that's reflected in the the sponsor as well like you know it is an open arms right?
1: hi i'm mitch stocker and you're listening to amateur hour with alistair evans if you're not listening to this, you're probably listening to life in the peloton.
0: So the <laughs> you start. I, I was
1: <laughs> um, so the relaunch from Dome, as you opened up um, with the coffee and the rebranding, um, coincided with the you said the equipment, which was the the machines. Yes. Yeah, so and they the were a certain colour. The, the red uh, lamasocos, and they're
0: they're cherry red so the idea is that coffee beans when they're growing on bushes are little red cherries and the beans are inside them so that's why we've got these red coffee machines in in um, all of the cafes and that's also why the current jersey is the same color so we've matched the jersey to the to the coffee machines um cool And that was a it was a good experience having the guys from Vermark who are our kit suppliers at the moment come down because they came down with their swatches. Yeah. And you know, stood in front of the coffee machine and tried to swatch up the the particular red for us. Yeah. I think they've done a pretty good job. So yeah, the it's the the link is the the red jersey, the red coffee machine, the the red cherry of the coffee bean. That's the idea.
1: Cool. Yeah, you gotta have um gotta have a a brand and gotta have a jersey. And yeah, you guys have yeah, been that from the start. Mm-hmm. Yep. So being involved with your team involves signing a writer's agreement.
0: It does. Yeah. Uh, the writer's agreement started, uh, I bought that in years ago now, probably seven, maybe even eight years ago. Um, and it was a, I mean, it's originally it was templated often NRS team's Riders' agreement obviously altered for our for our purposes, but it was we changed it a lot because what it was about. It's I mean, firstly, it's a non-binding agreement, right? So it's not like any of our riders sign an agreement and then have to ride for us in a particular way for a particular duration. So it doesn't work like that. Yep, it just renews every year. Yep. Um, but what it sets out is some clear expectations around um, behaviour and some. Um, You know i guess it would spell out the benefits for being involved in the team and what they're going to get sort of supplied and that kind of stuff what the team's obligations are but for the riders it's um you know it's all about how to behave and how to to represent you know the the brand to the sponsors you know well um yeah it was um it was a it was a long standing um it wasn't a joke, but it was it was actually very serious. Rule number one in our riders' agreement for a long time was don't be a dick because so I felt that that just conveyed the, the point of the whole thing. It was, you know, you're, you're wearing our kit and, you know, our the Dome logo is probably one of the most recognisable brands in Western Australia. So when you're out on the road, if you're not behaving well, if you're doing something silly on the bike, um, you know, you're going to get, observed, right? And people will know how to report that. So we had to have some structure around, you know, how the guys needed to discharge their responsibilities of of carrying that brand. I mean, from a personal perspective, the brand is my business. It's how I pay for the nappies for my kid. Yep. Right. Yep. But every other dome is another family's business. They they're generally all independently owned small businesses. So there is a responsibility for me and there is a responsibility for all of our writers. To just really understand that, um, and understand that you know their behaviour affects people's livelihoods. Yep, you know, it's, a, it's something I do take actually quite really seriously. So, yep, that's that was the writers, That was the genesis of the riders agreement. Yep, is just making that clear, um, and that's still something that we do every day. Um, has changed a little bit now that we have the women involved with the team because that rule number one has you know become a little bit. Yep. phrased a little bit differently yeah <laughs> so we talk now about needing to be you know brand ambassadors and yeah you know, be responsible and that kind of thing but uh yeah that was um that was one of the changes that the um the inclusion of women into the team brought on uh, as well as a whole bunch of other really interesting and positive things as well
1: don't be a hero
0: yeah yeah well the, having women involved is, has changed the dynamic of the team but yeah not in a bad way at all it's um And it was, it was a really interesting moment in the team management kind of life cycle because we'd existed as a team for probably six years before we had any women involved. And that wasn't something that was of intelligent design. It wasn't planned. Um, It was just that, you know, the people that were interested in joining and that, you know, I wanted to have joined, were just, you know, they were guys. Yep. Um, And then... um, we went through that me too movement in yep. you know 2017 2018 whenever it was yep. and um it just like you know there was just a moment it was just you know part of um it was it was just a time where it just made no sense not to have women involved in the team like i couldn't think of a reason not to have women involved in the team yeah you know? Um, and, uh, Amanda Navi was, was going really well. She'd come out of, um, riding for some NRS teams. Um, she was looking for, you know, something else, more opportunities. Um, her partner, Andrew Ballin, was already involved. Uh, and it just made, you know, complete sense for me to, um, to bring her on board. And she brought at that time three girls in with her. So we went from having no team to having four awesome you know, we're, wow, um, it's lucky
1: in a way, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm.
0: Uh, and they've been an integral part of the team ever since. And we couldn't run the operation without them, yeah, to be fair. They're, and they are responsible for a majority of our results, you know. Yeah. Um, Emily, you know, is a state road champion. Amanda's been as well, like, trip championships between them, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're integral, couldn't do it without them.
1: Yeah. What a great addition. Um, and what a great balance it's probably brought to, yeah, your team, mm. um, you know, all that time spent together mm. on and off the bike, you know, rooming at um, an event, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Conversations and yeah. Yeah. Just a healthier balance.
0: Yeah. I mean, it adds complexity sometimes cause you can't just like when you, you know, when we go and travel together, like for Tour at Margaret River and stuff, it creates this logistical nightmare of like how to room people and yeah. things like that. So yeah. there's you know, there's issues that it brings, um some complexity that it brings, but it's all, you know, the the benefit outweighs the, the the extra work, I guess that it that it creates. And sometimes I look at other teams around WA that don't have women involved, and I just think, what are you doing? Why, I don't get it. Like why wouldn't you open the door to having women involved in your team? Yeah, they might not, you know, necessarily ride as fast as you and you might have to make some adjustments to how you run your group rides and your training rides and stuff like oh, that. But like, yeah. you're just missing out, you know. And I think, you know, sponsors, not not our sponsor, because you know we've obviously ticked this box, but yep. you know, other people who are being approached for money and they look at a team and there's there's not women involved in it. It's it's a non starter for me.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so very lucky to um, yeah, have Amanda join mm-hmm. and and bring across people people at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, yeah and yeah a lot of experience mm-hmm. as well.
0: Got babies now too. Yeah, so two of the, the women that first started um, have now had kids. Yeah. So Michelle mcclintock has got a got a kid. And yeah. Corey's got a kid. Another one on the way. So yeah. Um, you know, Corrie had a kid and what we were talking about before about like, setting realistic expectations about, you know, people being allowed to have a life, you know, Corrie had her um, first um, daughter and then, you know, took as much time as what she needed and gradually got back involved and, you know, got, got fast again and got back on the bike and started racing again as well. So, you know, it's just another example of of the DNA of the team about, you know, allowing people to live their lives and and race their bikes at the same time.
1: Yep. Yep yeah how satisfying mm. so let's look at um the benefits for the team when it comes to events and you know an event that's around the corner soon is true of Margaret River mm-hmm. and yeah in the lead up to an event like this when the training gets pretty sp- specific and structured um, what are the benefits for the dome team
0: well it's like every major event, really, it, it gives you laser focus on something, right? So it pulls the season, like, towards something. So, um, you know, coaches start writing training plans that are all based on a, a date. Um, so, yep. you know, now, I mean, what are we now? Seven weeks out from
1: from yeah. something yep. like that? Yeah, yeah.
0: So things are starting to get a bit more serious. Um, Tour of Margaret River is a, a unique event in that there's a lot of team time trial yep. involved in it. So that just means you have to get together, you have to practice, you have to rehearse. Um, and what that does is just, you know, means you're spending more time together with your teammates and just gives everybody a bit more focus on on their own individual training. And it sort of morphs a little bit from all individual training, which it often is throughout yep. the season. You know, um, people at home swifting by themselves. It's yep. hard to do that as a, a group. Yeah,
1: you got to know that front wheel, that wheel in front of you. Yeah, yeah.
0: and learning, like, you know, spending time with, with your teammates out riding is also like, everybody rides a little bit differently. So you've got to get comfortable with with how, you know, your team rides. And when you when you know it really well, you, you can get, your you know, the order of the team time trial sorted out and understand that this person pulls longer and harder and, mm. you know, you don't want to be behind that person. Somebody else can be, yeah. for example.
1: There's so many um, things going on when you're in a bunch. Mm. But every time you're, and it might not be a team, but every time you're on the wheel or you're near the wheel of someone who you've ridden with a lot, you automatically feel safer. 100%. And if you're in that headspace on a bike, that's the best way to be because when you do need to react, if you're more, if you're feeling safe and comfortable, you'll execute your bike handling better. Yeah. So definitely, you know, um, yeah, familiarity with your teammates is yeah. is huge.
0: Yeah. And you also get to learn how to support each other as well. Like if you never ride with your teammates, you know, you, you, how do you tell if they're having a good day? How do you tell if they're having a bad right. day? Right. Right. You yeah. just learn that sort of behavior from people. Yep. yeah. yeah. Um so you know when when you're out racing a big event like that, you, you just you just know you just know how to look after each other or you know when you, you know you might need to step up because your teammate's not having a good day and that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's all just part of it really.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um and then post event, you know. So yeah, talk a bit about um coming out of the a week or two after when everybody's had a chance just to decompress. Um yeah. How is it also great for your your team and your shop in that regard?
0: Um, well, I mean that's a good question. So, you know, like the so Tour of my River has become, I think, on the WA racing calendar, it's become like really unique. It's like it's a it's a big event, and particularly now because people can't travel. Um, you can't go and do amy's you know you can't go overseas and do tour of bintan or whatever the case may be so like River is now like the big event on the calendar which has actually made it a lot harder as well by the way so we've had years down there where like we've won you know in team categories and stuff like that down there before had awesome success down there before but jesus hard now. Cause you know, you have the, the unicorn guys rock up with Michael Freeberg and just, you know, annihilate the team time trials and Pedal mafia guys are just like, you know, these guys stronger and stronger, you know, yep. so, and before previously they were dispersed, they were off, you know, you know, racing in, you know, overseas yep. and that sort of stuff. And now it's like, everybody's at Margaret River So yep. it's like, the level yeah. has just gone up. Yep. Um, so, you know, everybody's goes down there with, um, I guess, different objectives. So, um, yeah we you know we're going down with we, we're actually having four teams down this year okay so we've got you know two teams that i think will be like super competitive in the categories that are they're riding in and then yep. a couple which will be a bit more social yeah um but every you know on on the start line it's going to be serious for everybody like yeah you know, yeah every bike race is serious right yeah so um for sure. you know it will be everybody will be under pressure down there usually of their own making you know yeah um yeah will that will bring out interesting team dynamics like it always does um I, I remember last year going to the start line with one of our um women and she had some breakfast and then she was so nervous that she was throwing up in the car on the, on the way there um, oh geez poor thing yeah that just that's just how yeah. she reacted she was yeah. totally fine raced really well but you know it is a pressure cooker down there so hmm. um, coming out of that hmm. um
1: hmm. all need to you know everybody will need to decompress and have some time off and you know
0: because everybody's going to be training really hard we'll probably you know give each other a bit of a break and just be a bit more social the rides will become you know catch up social rides for a while not sort of training focused yeah um but then we'll be straight into crit season as well so margs has now also kind of become the launching pad for the crit season as well for the rest of the summer so and that's our team that has a bit of a focus on crits at the moment so um we'll be, yeah, we'll have a rest, but we'll be straight into the Christians after that too.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Talk a bit about, um, so this is big for the Dome because you've also got, you talk about the riders agreement and having the right people in in the teams and that you have had to you know, say no to some, some riders who wanted to ride with you. Um, so, yeah, has there been occasions at Tour of Margaret River or similar events where you've actually, you know, it's identified that, it's weeded out a couple of riders who didn't quite fit um, the mould.
0: Yeah, it has. It's um, and it's not in a, you know it's certainly you know, we we have had a couple of um, people that you know have been involved in the team have been awesome people, great people, good bike riders and that sort of stuff. But um, you know that when you're in a pressure cooker, there's certain ways that I think that you need. It's like with any team environment, right? You know, when it's when everybody's focused and and you know there is there is pressure from the event on, um, the way that you behave and interact with your other teammates, it actually becomes more important than ever. So, um, being able to support each other and um, being able to you know communicate effectively with each other, um, just does become like really important. So like we have had you know a couple of years where you know we've gone down with the team and and maybe it has you know exposed a couple of of people that weren't you know exactly the right fit and it's actually become a um, it's become a catalyst for you know riders um, leaving the team under under good circumstances but i think if you go if you're down there with the team and all of a sudden it becomes really apparent that it's not working out you know that might not have been exposed if it wasn't for being in that pressure cooker situation definitely so it does happen; has happened. Um, doesn't happen a lot. Um, and you know the guys that, that you know, where I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, they're they're still involved in the sport. We still see them around, and you know we're still good friends and that kind of stuff. But you know it does, yeah. That the pressure cooker sometimes means that yeah, you have to make some decisions around um, around people leaving the team because it's the right thing to do for the team. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. It
0: becomes pretty obvious when you get. A lot of people on the team saying, oh, I don't think this person's helping or is, you know, is quite right, you
1: know? Yeah. But just for, you know, your brand for this length of time, you know, to sustain it, um, yeah, it needs to be a right fit to, to, for you to keep up that that reputation. Um, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: right back to that genesis with yeah. Matt, it was like, it's, you want to ride with your mates. Right. And so we're a bigger group now. So not everybody is, you know, mates with everybody. Not everybody knows everybody on a, you know, a social level. They're they're just teammates. Some of them. Yeah. But if you don't get on with them, then there's a problem. You know, and sometimes sometimes that problem can be, you know, resolved. And we've had interpersonal issues before that we've had to, you know, resolve just with, you know, communication and, and management yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes those problems are. Insurmountable, and you need to make a decision about somebody leaving the team. So, you know, it has happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, we always do it. You know, I always try and do it respectfully. And, yeah. and, um, You know, do it with due care and give people. Sometimes the best thing to do is just give people the facts. You know, and just say, look, this is this is what happened. This is why you know the behaviour, um, you know, was detracting from what the team was trying to achieve. Um, and this is what I think you need to do in order to to improve um, for next time, for the next event. Um, and you make the decision. You know, like if you think you can do it, then great. If you can't, you know, step away. Yeah. Um, if you're happy stepping away, great. If you want to come back, then the door's open. But let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. And that's that's usually how I've, I've handled that kind of situation as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Thanks.
0: It's not fun, but you know, it's part of, yeah. part of the responsibilities as well of, of managing the team. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and the nature of that weekend because it's three days of the minute you wake up, the minute you go to bed, it's, yeah, you're often sharing a room and sharing space and um, with those people. So, yeah, it's, it's going to highlight any any areas that will lead to those conversations. And, um, yeah, with True of Margaret River this year, again, um, yeah, with the four teams, were there riders that wanted to be involved that aren't involved?
0: I think we've made room for pretty much everybody that yep. wants to go. Yep. Um, we'll even have one of our teams at this stage, I think we'll take with five instead of six. Um, and, like, I, you know, I think that's the right thing to do. We're not going to run around and find guest riders at the last minute at this stage. Um, I think um, it's, uh, I mean, four teams is huge. Like, we've taken two before. We've taken a men's and a women's. Yeah,
1: four's, four's busy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And usually we take yeah. two and I go down and, and manage and support yeah. and move vehicles around and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, this year I'm going to write it. The plan is to write it in one of the, yeah uh, in the sort of B grade. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see how it goes when, you know, the team manager is also exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. Writing as well. It might be an interesting tool. When season.
1: was the last time you wrote it?
0: Oh, man. Years ago. Uh, probably. Um, 2015 something like that it's yeah right 2016 so yeah it's been a while since I've ridden it um but you know I've been down there Like, I mean I think we've had a presence there like eight years in a row now as a team hmm. um and so I've been down there for most of those years um, the only one I missed was when we had a team we had a team racing at Margaret River and a team racing the two of in town at the same time so I was over in Indonesia that's the only one I've missed I think since we started so it'll be good this year to uh, to actually be out there riding it. But, yep. Yeah. It's probably going to hurt as well.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, great. So you would have been following a plan and, um, yeah, so as we say, we're about seven weeks out and, yeah, you're, you're feeling good. How are you going?
0: Um, I, think, uh, I, I think I'll think i be okay on the B team. <laughs> the A team is well out of reach, let's, yeah. let's put it like that. But yep. um, Yeah, look, you know, hills aren't my forte. It's pretty lumpy down there, so you know it's going to be it's going to be challenging. But um, I think I'm going, you know, as well as I've gone in the last sort of five years. And uh, you know, we're out in the hills this morning, and you know, I'm winding the clock back a little bit. Some of my times on the climbs are back to where I was in you know, 2013. So I don't know. Fingers crossed. Hope for tailwinds.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Big groups and tailwinds, and I'll be okay.
1: Just get there. Get there and be at the start line and, yeah, then, then fight from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Um, last question with True of Margaret River. Is there any um, any return on investment for, I know we've talked about the sponsorship, um, but with that event, is there anything in specific if you do well with your teams or is it, again, just the um, exposure of the jersey and the, and the name?
0: Yeah, there's there's nothing. Um...
1: Nothing linked with True of Margaret River?
0: No, I mean, there's what is linked to River Margaret River is a lot of expenses, right? Because I mean, the riders contribute to the cost of going down, but it's where, I mean, we probably spend fifty percent of our annual budget going to the River Margaret River. So much, it's not cheap. Yeah, mm. um, I mean, there's entry fees are a part of that, but also just accommodation, travel, and that sort of Huge. stuff, and food. It's Like it, you know, it's a very expensive weekend. Um. So I mean, you know, what's what's tied to it is is really the know people that go down and race they they know that there's a significant contribution of sponsorship money going into into the event as well um but it is visible like i mean that's the reality is it's one of the more visible events on the wa calendar so there will be you know um you know photographs that come out of it that we will be using you know probably for weeks and months on social media and that kind of stuff so you know there is there is outputs from the events that we'll make the most of yep um But, yeah, I mean, we're not getting a bonus for for riding it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a big outlay. Mm. And, you know, it it probably isn't an automatic thing every year for you to go, oh, yeah, we're doing it this year. It wouldn't be that, surely, because... uh, Well, Um,
0: well, we're lucky enough that, you know, because we have been doing this now for, for eight years, there's, you know, some routine and some pattern. In in the budgeting um, and yep. the financial management of, the, of the, the team as well, so you know I know that this is the big expense that needs to be paid for, you know, in September October. So the you know sponsorship fees get um, quarantined away um, for, yeah. for this. Yeah. Um, really, the big spends for the team throughout the year is um, goldfields. So taking the team out to goldfields is an expense that we contribute to. Yep. And then Margaret River is the big one. We also spend sponsorship money on, you know, subsidising some kit and stuff like that for riders as well. But yep.
1: um, it's, um, yeah, the Mars is the big one. It
0: is expensive, but it is a commitment, you know, that that we've made from a team level. But also, um, you know, Dome is a brand level. I know that they want us to go down there. They've Dome's got a presence in the southwest. Yeah. So there's cafes in, you know, Pinjara and Margaret River and Albany and Esperance. Um, so when there's an opportunity to race down there, um, yeah, we go. Yeah, cool. We'll be there for sure. Yeah, cool. And even though it's expensive, it's it's worth it as an experience. It's great. It's a really good weekend, and it's a credit to um, Brendan and Rebecca that they you know they put on this massive event every year in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. You know, and it sells out. They sell it out. So and they could probably put their fees up more and sell it out. You know, it's awesome. It's worth it.
1: Another event that's had that longevity too. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And it's been awesome to be involved with it. As it's grown, like, mm. you know, to Margaret River used to have like a stage where um, you drank wine and had a quiz night. Yeah. One of the stages. Yeah. And so it's grown from that kind of,
1: you know, super humble beginning as well to yeah. now
0: being what is, you know, arguably, you know, the jewel in the WA calendar. So, um, and we've, you know, been involved all the way along and, you know, the, it's the route changes every year, the logistics challenges, you know, change every year, um, the location changes so now it's all based in Up, It's not in in Toma, in Margaret River, where it used to be. So, yeah, you know, it's been it's actually been really fun to to be involved with the same event every year for so long. Um, and you know, I like to think that we've hopefully contributed to it. As for well sure, along the way. Toby.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jeez, do you reckon they consider a day four and bring back the the wine quiz night?
0: Mate, <laughs> do it. Okay. <laughs>
1: we uh, we need to work towards a four day working week in this country, anyway. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good excuse to have a look.
1: <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, great. Look, before wrapping up, um, anything uh, upcoming that hasn't been mentioned here?
0: Um, well, I mean, there's lots of ro- local races happening. Yep. Um, and we're so lucky over here that we still have racing going on. Yeah. Like, it's, it's amazing. And the the local season has actually like turned up. You know since the borders have been closed um like we were saying before you know all the all the hitters are here so yeah um
1: yeah the recent um call it a donnybrook i mean that starting list was just yeah huge yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very 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 special as well was, yep. was massive you know the classics yep. yeah they're the, they're the big sure. races
0: so Peel classic coming up yep. shortly um, Yep, we'll have a, a presence down there some yep. of our new riders down there as well oh cool um and uh and then it's river and then it's banging to the cruise season so that's the focus for us is those you know mate, the winter this winter so cold so wet yeah we're just hanging out for summer cruise you know so yeah we'll be there for sure
1: yep cool and is there anybody else that you want to thank for um yeah that you may have missed in this journey oh,
0: mate probably heaps of people yep. so i mean obviously we you know the, the guys involved with dome that have um you know the, the generosity of, of you know funding us for so long but also with the, you know, the respect to sort of let us be autonomous as well has been amazing. So, you know, big thanks to, to Nigel and Troy there. And then everyone that's been involved along the way, like, you know, from, from Matt Upton in the beginning to, you know, the, the new guys that have, you know, literally been out on their first team ride this morning. Like it's uh, it's been an awesome group of people. Um couldn't have asked I think for a better group along the way it's been it's been super it's been so much fun that's the thing right? like I wouldn't be doing this like running a team ask anybody can be pretty challenging and frustrating at times but it's just been so much fun that yeah uh, and that that's a credit to everybody that's been involved any anyone that's put on you know the jersey over the years has just been it's been awesome
1: yeah well yeah done it well and It's nice to hear you say at the start there no yeah no it has been successful um so congrats to you for that and those around you um yeah it is about having fun Mm -hmm. it's a sport that you know yeah that should be the number one thing on the on the Mm list so thanks for your your time Mm -hmm. um and thank you for the coffee today
0: Uh, my pleasure
1: um the best teams definitely wear red
0: I look forward to seeing you out there in your red jersey as well. You
1: too, Toby. Yeah. Cheers for the chat. No worries. Cheers, big guy.
0: One person I would like to give a special shout-out to is Stuart Passmore in Albany. Um, Stuart's been a... A really integral part of the team since the beginning and um, both as a rider but also as a supporter of the team so he owns Passmore Cycles in Albany and um, you know he's been a, a fantastic supporter as far as you know helping us with um, you know bikes and gear and equipment and advice uh, over the years and we you know we certainly um, couldn't have got as far as we've got and done what we've done without the support of, of Stu Passmore down there as well. So special shout out to Stu.
1: So there we go listeners, a little insight into what it takes to manage a team. Toby has done a fantastic job overseeing the growth of that dome coffee cycling team the last 10 years and with sponsorship involved, uh, the benefits that have been there for cyclists and for the brand, they've achieved so much. And when you think about it, the cafes are so welcoming. Whether you're up in the hills, around the river, or even in the country, yeah, they are a great gathering spot. And definitely, Toby and the, the franchise have played a big role in that. The sport continues to grow. There's you know, a big increase in cycles at the moment. And if you are a cafe that's align with cyclists and that's got to be a good thing and yeah just here to promote the sport guys this was another fantastic learning journey for me hearing about what goes into managing a team there is more pods coming up along that vein and if you haven't listened to some of the previous ones check out my bio and select a pod and get going again It's, um, it's good fun love hearing about our great sport and promoting it I'm Alistair Evans, hope you've enjoyed this one, cheers guys. This episode wouldn't have been possible without the help of my co-producer and social media man, Craig Swain. Cheers, Swaino, for your help behind the scenes. Listeners love your posts.